Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila, and Zach coming at you with steps things flapping their wings on all i know is that said he has a game where you don't read both seven thousand and i said i'm in let's go let's do it and, and so the yeah purpose that's of, what of, i really what i needed was not to get at least one more reader hello everybody excuse me sort of sort of scratchy <laughs> the room, there the room's getting to you too the room's getting to me too these the little lack of air filter here welcome Jeez. To Birds with Friends on a Tuesday night from West Palm Beach. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, no Shield Kapadia. He's on his way back to Philadelphia. And of course, we are joined by Marissa Dunn, Amoa Culpa. I called you Marissa Morris last night. I didn't even really notice. I'm getting used <laughs> to it myself, too. So <laughs> shout out to the person on Twitter that did uh, flag that. But whatever you want to call me, I'm cool with. <laughs> okay. Uh, Marissa. <laughs> What's the, what's the, the best joke the here? Best producer we had. Uh, Thanks, yes. Zach. Marissa Terrapin. <laughs> Perfect. Marissa Haslam. Testudo. Yes. <laughs> Marissa Dixon, like Juan Dixon. Marissa Friedgen. <laughs> so much to discuss. Yeah. Uh, yes. Jeffrey Lurie talked yes. today, and we're giving me and, different last names. And, and Nick Sirianni. This has been a long day, by the way, so... I don't know how long this episode is going to last. I don't know how long we're going to last. I, I mean, listen, this is a, this is not a difficult job. We're we're at like a very well. We're not staying in a fancy hotel, but we've been walking around a fancy hotel with the uh, the hoi polloi. But uh, yeah, I would say that I've uh, got not a lot of gas left. How are you, Zach? Excited for this pod. Doing well. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts ruminating. A lot of thoughts still developing. And uh, there was. Between it's, Sirianni, between Lori, uh, not much sleep last night. There, there's, there's. It's funny um, because when you said, when you said Sirianni talked today too, I when we started this podcast, I didn't even realize that <laughs> that was a, a thing that we were going to talk about. I thought it was just Lori. That Lurie. feels like weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it was twelve hours ago at this point, seven forty-five. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, so Shiel, uh has made like he did uh, on our way to the Breakers, which is uh, the first day we were going, pulling in uh, to the hotel. This was Monday morning. There was a very long line of cars to get in to uh, the hotel and to get, like, go through the security checkpoint. And it was like 7.15. And Zach graciously was driving and offered that uh, maybe Sheila and I would like to get out and walk because that would be quicker. And, uh, you know, he wouldn't stick with the car. 
And he said, how, how late should we wait? And Shield said, eh, maybe like 7.24. And Shield then bailed. I said, I'm not leaving my partner behind. I'm, I am ride or die with my guy, Zach. No matter what, I'm not leaving this car. Shield, senior national writer, got up and walked out. He's, he's looking out for number one. That's fine. Uh, we then pulled into the lot at 7.24. So the, the, the deadline that he had set, we hit. But he didn't have time to wait for it. So uh, just like he abandoned us on Monday morning, he abandoned us today. It's not abandoned. On his flight what's, home. What's the expression with the, the the strength of the pack is the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack, right? Like, you know, he had to be there. So I I understand. And tonight I mean, he had to can, be home. So yeah, I understand of course, that so, as but well. But I mean, you know, let me throw some shade. It's not here. We got to do something. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Okay. Uh, would you like to start with Jeffrey Lurie? Would you like to start with Nick Sirianni? Would you like to start Let's, with uh, I think Jeffrey Lurie. the reception Look, we, last night? No, Jeffrey Lurie. We we hear from <laughs> Nick Sirianni uh, four times a week during the season. We'll hear him leading up to the draft. We'll hear him draft weekend. We'll hear him throughout mini camps. It was nice getting Sirianni's opinion on some things, but today really it's it's the first time we've heard Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, give a public comments on the team since January 2021. And it might be the the last time we hear him until next year at this time, right? Because uh, he he sometimes only speaks at the league meetings. So uh, based on that, uh, yeah, I, I think that's most newsworthy. I, I think there are a few things that are front of mind. The news item that we will get to, and I I know this is more of a cosmetic thing, than you know, like an actual football thing, but it is something that's that's relevant to our listeners. It's an exciting thing. People are excited it, about this. Yeah, the Eagles will have Kelly Green alternate jerseys in 2023. They're working with Nike right now to uh, facilitate that. The the league, as some of you may know, approved in 2021 uh, that that you can have alternate helmets. And so the Eagles will have the full green ensemble. It won't be like the 1960s one that they wore a few years ago. It will instead be like the ones from the 80s, early 90s, the Randall Cunningham era, if you will, with the Eagle on the side. Uh, So that's what they will wear in 2023 as an alternate. In 2022, as an alternate, they already have the black jerseys, but they will wear black helmets as well. So uh, I imagine... Uh, fans are excited for the Kelly Green, and they'll have at least a different look in some of those games next year as well with the black helmets. And Lurie said that he will be uh, efforting to get the league in 2023 to allow teams to have two alternate uniforms so they can wear both the Kelly Green and the All Blacks at some point uh, that season. But uh, yeah, apparently the uh, like the matching the kelly green color for nike is uh, a process that that is not so turnkey and and takes some time understood uh zach imagine that you are hall of fame quarterback dan marino (laughs) and you are one of the best quarterbacks of all time you know you're you're a highly paid uh analyst on cbs you got a cushy gig you you can eat for free wherever you want at dan marino's steakhouse wherever you go in in south florida you're living the high life but there's that one thing that really 
really like you never forget you never got it done and and it's it's lingering but you know you, you try to live your life to not let it get in your way and you know you're you're a football man you you figure I'll I'll tune into this Jeffrey Lurie press conference and see what's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles you know my old rivals from uh, from Ace Ventura what's <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey correct. what's Good Jeffrey Lurie, what, what's Jeffrey Lurie talking about and in like his second answer Jeffrey Lurie goes yeah well t- Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl, and you just you're you're just hit in the heart. You can't get away from it. The poor guy catches a stray early on. Yeah, look, look, no disrespect to Dan Marino. I can't imagine no he Nick was Bowles. sitting there live streaming, live streaming Jeffrey Lurie's press conference. And uh, that look, that's that's uh, how many times have I watched Inside the NBA and they rag on Charles Barkley for not winning a championship? So. Uh, his his point is that it's hard to win a Super Bowl, and even the best quarterbacks sometimes don't. Aaron Rodgers has only won one, as he would point out. But uh, yeah, no, that that he 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 did make a, a reference to that. Also, Luke Jokel and Eric Fisher catching strays as well. <laughs> Luke Jokel and Eric Fisher catching strays. Yes. The odds, the odds. It was a fairly you know Jeffrey Lurie is always good at throwing in a couple random references, uh, random shout outs to players. We've we've talked several times about the famous Jaquiz Rogers line yep. from uh, whenever that was, 2013 or 2014, 13 I think, maybe 12, 12, maybe 12. Dream Dream Team year, uh, but uh, the odds the, the odds on this one, you you got a Jokel, you got an Eric Fisher, uh, you got a Paris Campbell, but that 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 was not quite out of the ordinary. I, I would not have expected we were going to get so much Big V love. <laughs> And we did get a big, a lot of love for Halapula Vati Vaitai, Big V, uh, who has departed for two years from the Eagles. So good. It's always a good, it's always a, a fun uh, bingo game with Jeffrey Lurie as it comes to which players are going to get referenced. It is a fun bingo game. I agree with that. Dan Marino, poor guy, just getting thrown under the bus. Back it on over. So that, I'll, I'll, that, I'll, that, I'll... that Super Bowl parade bus just I'll, I'll over him, here. back it over. You know, there was there was thirty five plus minutes. There was thirty five plus minutes. There were a lot of pertinent questions asked. Some uh, questions that were skated around. Some that were answered directly. What was Man, your and that room thing? is really taking its toll on you. It is. I I am excited you, to. You to sounded go you sounded clean and clear <laughs> all day long at the breakers, and now we're back slumming it at the I ninety five motel, <laughs> and you you sound like. You're about to go on the DL because you got. Yes, uh, every time I take a breath in, I, I feel it like my esophagus <laughs> here. Um, mm, so, the esophagus show. In any event, uh, what was your biggest takeaway? Um, that's a tough question, and uh, you and I were talking through it on the drive over, and I don't really know uh, how to how to how to frame it. Um. Well, can I pitch something to you? Sure. Or, okay. So, uh, anyway, it was a question you asked, and our friend Jimmy Kemsky asked, and a few others. Uh, it was posed to him, Deshaun Watson. Would you have acquired Deshaun Watson if he was interested in coming? And Jeffrey Lurie was non-committal. He said they do due diligence on every player. Um, he, I think he, he he said their policy is to do due diligence on every player. The due diligence provides the red flag or the green. Uh, I'm sorry, the red light or the green light, but he won't comment on 
another player. I think he said it, it might be easy to do, but he's not going to comment on a player on another team. Uh, what's your interpretation of said answer? Uh, I think that's a that's a, a tacit admission that they that they were interested in Deshaun Watson. Uh, okay. I think it is which we've discussed on the show as you know we've discussed Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson as potential targets, but that the complications there were no trade clauses and you know where those players who wanted to go. Yeah, I think I think it's a case of uh, the like the most telling thing he said is what he didn't say because it you know I know that he he he, he says it's a blanket. Thing that he's not going to discuss other players. It's not a hard thing to do. You don't even have to go into the why. You can just say uh, we were not interested in that player, like we or, or like we felt good at court, at the quarterback position or whatever. But you don't even have to say that. All you, don't, you don't even have to get into Deshaun Watson. You all you have to do is say we were not interested or like you know that that would not have been a match for us. That's fine. That's all you got to say. And not saying that is. Like, you were interested to some degree, well, do, and I well, think you, it's part. Of, and and I don't. Well, go ahead. Uh, I was I was gonna say, would you rather someone, uh, like like lie to you, or would you rather someone avoid the question? Well, it's a good question because I think there were uh, things that Jeffrey said today that I don't want. I'm not gonna call him a liar, but I think yeah. there are things he said today that are not true. Um, yeah, so, I, I shouldn't say like, lie. Would you rather someone mislead you, or would you rather someone just avoid the question altogether? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, yeah, so. would I rather get? Would I rather Will Smith uh, smack me in the face or pee on me? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm offended either way. <laughs> probably. I mean, I probably would rather him smack me. I don't. Why? I I I think I think. What's the me. difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean? I'm not the one to ask. We need shield no, for that. I'm not going to answer that. I'll, but, save, uh, I'll save that no, punchline for later. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, look, I, I I thought I thought that was telling. What did you make of of the show? Of, well, uh, no. What I mean, what what do you, what what's your answer? Like, you, uh, how uh, do you uh, think he answered that? Fine. How how or how would you have answered that if you were him? Uh, I would if 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 I were him, like if if the same. If I was interested in Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson didn't want to come to my team, um, I would probably say, I, I wouldn't say we're not going to talk about, I, yeah, I, I would probably say something along those lines, right? Like I, it would, it would be hard for me to lie on the record about something. It, it would be easier for me to, to uh, like obfuscate or omit or like, like not. Just, just not go there. I, I would simply say, I, I would probably, frankly, answer it the way he did. It, you know, if my team was interested in him. Now, if my team was not interested in him, like you said, it, it would be easier to have a categorical denial. Uh, that uh, no, I mean, we're, you know, we're not pursuing Deshaun Watson. Like you can say by by rule, you, you do your due diligence on every scenario. Uh, like my my guess is. The Cincinnati Bengals didn't do their due diligence there, right? I imagine, you know, they they feel comfortable about their quarterback going forward. I I got to imagine like Andy Reid didn't have you know uh, conversations like should right. we trade for Deshaun Watson, right? So um, you do your due diligence when there's due diligence to be done, and uh, so by him saying they do their due diligence, that's that's essentially saying look they looked into it. Now what conclusion did they reach? They they don't want to tell you. And 
Um, I, I, you can take that as an admission. You can take that as just an obfuscation, however you want to look at it. But I, I frankly would have probably answered it the same way unless my team wasn't interested in him, and I would categorically say that. But don't you think that also, like, earlier in the press conference, he says that's, you know, that's why we're committed to Jalen Hurts. Like, we're committed to Jalen Hurts. Well, like, you're not committed to the guy if you were looking into Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean, yes, and uh, yeah, you're right. Like, you, but it's it's what we said on last night's pod. You're as 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 loyal as your options, right? Like, I I I don't want to be hypocritical. I was committed to the Philadelphia Inquirer until you know I got a job offer from the Athletic, right? Uh, so um, Nick Sirianni was committed to being the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts until the Eagles offered him the head coaching job. Um. The Eagles are committed to Jalen Hurts as their quarterback un- until and unless they have a better option at quarterback. You know, if if uh, if Andy Reid call or, or I should say Brett Veach, if Brett Veach calls Howie Roseman tomorrow and say we really like Jalen, would you know we'll trade you Patrick Mahomes for Jalen Hurts? I mean, no matter how committed they are, uh, they're as loyal as their options there, right? So uh, I think that I I can't speak for Jalen Hurts. Um, Nick Sirianni to kind of meld the two together. Nick Sirianni said today, you know, that when he was asked if he gave Jalen Hurts any assurances during the rumors for Russell Wilson, the rumors for Deshaun Watson, uh, he he said they've done so with their actions. I I would frankly say it's 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 much easier for the Eagles to operate in this space right now than it is for say like the Saints or the Falcons or uh, you know the Panthers. Uh, a team that took a meeting with Deshaun Watson, right? You know, it's it's easy to say, look, we. Well, that's sort of where I, that's that's what bothers me a little bit. Okay. Because I don't think that the Eagles are any less gross than the Falcons and the Panthers in their pursuit of Deshaun Watson. The Eagles just failed at being able to get a meeting, right? Like, the, I think the whole the whole thing is incredibly disgusting, and like. As in, like in the backdrop of this opulence at the league meetings, like where every like every owner is is like who doesn't have Patrick Mahomes is trying to fight tooth and claw to get this to get this guy who uh, represents at the very least something incredibly disgusting. Um, like the whole thing is really gross, and I don't think I don't think the Eagles are any less gross for trying to get this guy than the teams that did meet with him, the teams that gave like a huge guaranteed contract to him. Like they, they, they might have done the exact same things. And just because they weren't successful doesn't mean they don't deserve to be criticized for that. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I, I, and uh, for full disclosure, this is like an extension of a conversation Bo and I were having earlier, and there's a, a lot to get to with Jeffrey. But I, I would say where I would agree with you is that like the Eagles are in the business of trying to win football games. And I, I think that I, I, I go into uh, their decisions with that understanding. Um, and I, I don't view uh, I don't view that, you know, I there's. Look, there's a lot to unpack there, but um, I, I certainly don't look at professional sports as like my moral compass, right? 
Um, and I, I, I actually have on the screen in front of me, I haven't read it yet, but a column from our national writer, Lindsey Jones, who, who says the NFL wants you to pay no attention to what's behind the curtain. And the lead is welcome to the great dichotomy of the NFL. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I would acknowledge that, um, it, the, the Eagles, like those other teams are in this business to win football games. And, and if, if, if you, uh, think otherwise, I, I would suggest you view it within that prism. Don't tell me how to view it. <laughs> okay. All right, I mean, I, like, I, I think if you're a Browns fan, and you are incredibly offended that your team acquired Deshaun Watson and you don't want to be a Browns fan anymore, what, who are you to say that they they shouldn't view it that way? They're representing it okay. that, like they're, that's a representative of themselves. Okay. All right. That, I, 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 I will concede that. Where, I, where I'm saying is, is that like the way I, I, I don't view the teams or, or – professional sports as as like the the conscience of society I, I i look at it as a business in which they're trying to win football games and and that uh so that that's that's simply my perspective i'm i'm not suggesting that has to be everyone else's perspective but but that's that's the way i i, I look at the teams and the decisions they make i think we should take a break and move on <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I just, I don't want to get too riled up. Okay. Okay. Let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about something else. Do you like Formula One, but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying, or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. All right, we're back on Birds with Friends. Time to talk Tay Gowan, Zach. <laughs> Tay well, Gowan. Well, we should talk. Let's more get into Lori. it. No, we should talk more Lori before. Let's we get, get into Tay Gowan. Let's talk about the important stuff. All right. Well, this how many should we actually address no, Tay Gowan? Okay. No, it's okay. We can save yeah. Tay Gowan for later. Okay. Um, we should talk about. Wait, let's 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 keep talking about Jeffrey Lurie and the uh, non Deshaun Watson stuff. Um, so Jeffrey Luria is apparently the the world's greatest evaluator. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, we 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 sh- we should have started with this. By the way, I I, I brought up the Sean Watson thing because it was an extension of a conversation we had off off air. Uh, but no. The, so he was asked about um, his role in uh, decision making, and he suggested he's actually less involved than he was earlier in his uh, time. And um, he kind of scoffed at the at reporting done by, you know, I, I, you, Shiel, and me, and other people on on the beat. Um, yes, yeah, so he said re- he really scoffed. He reporting like he yeah, really threw um, that over. And I gotta say, but, you know, sometimes when you're right, you're right. 
And Shields' love for for Tim McManus really really shown uh, during this press conference because T Mac immediately was like, "Well, let me push back on yeah. that, Jeffrey." Yeah. So like, yeah. So the, context- the reporting was done like a lot of hard work by some people yeah. in this room, and like there's all these other examples of this. So this was yeah. the follow up, but I mean, yeah. the shining star, the number. So I mean, how could you beat that? So Jeffrey Lurie gave gave three examples of times when. When he was kind of really rooting for it. He said, I've thought about this and I've really tried to think back to times when I when I have maybe overstepped and that I was rooting for a particular outcome or a particular decision to be made. And the three times were when they took Lane Johnson number four overall and uh, the first two picks were other offensive tackles, uh, Luke Jokel and Eric Eric Fisher and and Luke Jokel. It was in 2012 when they really liked uh, Russell Wilson in the draft. They didn't take Russell Wilson, but... He was kind of rooting for them to draft Russell Wilson that year. Uh, and he said he admitted they should have taken him in the second round, but they thought they would get him in the third round. And then in, in 2018, when uh, they took Jordan Mailata in the uh, seventh round and kind of all that went into that pick. And look, I mean, I I, <laughs> I like Jeffrey. What I, I would say is that if if those are the only three examples he can He think should of, be overstepping all the time. He should be like, making every pick, right? He should like, be a GM. Yeah. Yeah. Like that hit rate is is crazy. I mean, that's like that's like looking at a stock portfolio and only picking the winners, right? So uh uh it's like you sure. No, I mean far from it, right? But um but uh, clearly as well, I I, sh- I shouldn't say clearly. I, I I stand by the reporting that we've done. Uh, I I uh, I think reporting that's been done elsewhere has has been sound. Uh, I'm not suggesting that Jeffrey Lurie is is Jerry Jones and and is the GM of the team. I'm not suggesting, although perhaps he should be, right? Um, I'm not suggesting that he's he's Daniel Snyder, like where Jay Gruden gave the example where he comes off the yacht and says, you know, take Dwayne Haskins here, um, but. Uh, yeah, he is involved in 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 some of these decisions, and he's in the draft room, and he has opinions. I don't think he's making them unilaterally, but uh, from 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 my understanding, is is that like when? And for all I know, Jeffrey might not think this, but um, I I I haven't been a boss. If my boss gives me a story suggestion, I'm probably going to uh, like look 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 closely at that story suggestion, right? So. Perhaps it's a matter of interpretation. Sometimes, perhaps it's 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 not making the decision. But um, from our reporting and from our understanding, uh, his his influence or his opinions have 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 not been um, ignored. It's hard to take him seriously when he the only three things he he brings up are Lane Johnson, Russell Wilson, and Jordan Mailata. I mean, it's just. He then went on to explain the J.J. Ortega Whiteside Paris Campbell uh, discussion, which has been like belabored to death and is not that important. And it's become this like huge, uh, like lightning rod, and like we have to get to the bottom of this. And it doesn't really matter. Like that that pick, like you get bad picks all the time. It was fine. Like, but the 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 problem is that like they didn't have. The, really, the, the problem with that pick is not Jeffrey's influence. The problem with that pick is that they're deciding on the clock. 
They don't have an answer. Like that stuff should have been worked out ahead of time. The problem is the process. The problem yes. there is not is not Jeffrey Lurie breaking the tie or uh, you know saying you can do whatever you want with the tie, as he said, and and, and then he said he, he throws Paris Campbell's soft tissue under the bus. But uh, I, I mean, it's 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 part of a larger issue, not. Like I can't believe you guys drafted JJ. I think a Whiteside. It's, it's become a little bit too too much of a big yeah. deal. I feel like. Yeah. So uh, n- now he was asked about that because these are his first public comments since you know those stories came out. Uh, our story, other people's, you know, you know Jeff McLean's story. So uh, I understand why it was asked. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so that's that that's where that came up. Uh, we'll also, you know, he, the coaching changes were brought up and he said he he wouldn't excuse me he would not tell a poor coach. guy i hope you make it through the podcast <laughs> this is like <laughs> so do i podcast uh, ends with um he he said in nine one one. i actually respect this answer or I, I should say actually i do respect this answer um he said he wouldn't tell a coach they, they need to have this coach or that coach on their staff but he is going to evaluate the staff that the coach put that um, puts together, and he will act accordingly if he thinks there's like a, a coach there that that isn't in the you know, that's not that's not best for the quarterback's development. Let's say, um, and uh, the the example there were some of the offensive staff changes and the offensive staff recommendations, of course, under Doug Peterson. So uh, that came up. I would say uh, the end of the Carson Wentz era came up. You asked him about that. He specifically he, he did not want to throw Carson under the bus. I, I think um, he was probably made aware of. Doesn't want to give bulletin board material from Robert Ursay. Uh, he noted how they don't win the Super Bowl in 2017 without Carson Wentz, um, but he did acknowledge like uh, that that if if Carson or, or or Carson did not make the same strides, same progress after 2017 that he did. From 16 to 17, and he essentially said or implied that if those strides were made, Carson would probably still be the quarterback, right? Um, so uh, he he said they were committed. He, he called Jalen Hurts a, a 23-year-old playoff quarterback who's gotten better every year going back to college. And, and this kind of ties into what uh, Nick Sirianni said, and we had this conversation at the Combine. Uh, the Eagles believe... And Nick, that the way Jalen Hurts is wired will make him, you know, he'll reach whatever ceiling he has. Okay? I think you just sent a text to me that you meant to send to your wife. Yes, that's true. Okay. Said, <laughs> she said, I think Jane's ready for a pillow. And I said, yeah, she likes to snuggle up to a blanket. And I sent that to Zach. <laughs> I, I saw that, and I was wondering, did I say something? I mean, um so, uh, I have, and I take them at their word for that. I believe every, I believe what they say about Jalen Hurts' intangibles uh, is not spin. I truly believe they think it. I don't know. I admit, I don't know Jalen like I, I do other quarterbacks that I've covered. Um, you know, I've barely had like in person interactions with him. Um, and, and so, 
Uh, but from everything, we're burying I, the lead here. The big news from the from oh from that we big get to be Raj. in the locker room. He's yeah, that we get to be in the locker. Well, room. he didn't understand. He didn't know, but apparently, uh, the the locker room will be open in twenty twenty two, which is it will enhance our coverage and enhance our relationships. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But I mean, I'm still I'm still fingers crossed. Let's yeah. I mean, so uh, so got, so uh, so new, as we I was, got new variants all the all the time. Let's let's not count uh, our uh, let's not count our wolf stems before they hatch. Yeah, true. Uh, well, the wolf's I can't wait for more wolf stands. But um, so uh, now the I I I take them at their word there. What I'm curious about is, are they as enthused about Jalen Hurts the player as they are Jalen Hurts the person? And obviously, this year, the answer is not. You know, this year will will, will be a, a a big determining factor for that. Um, but. Uh, I will also kind of, kind of blend in a, a different Jeffrey Lurie answer. Lurie said last year that it was a transition year. Okay, he 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 made that clear, right? He said this year they're 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 built they're building the win now and in the future. Um, and so I, I I think it's reasonable to expect them to be a content you know a playoff. The expectations at least from the ownership level. Should be that 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 they're a, a a contending team. That this isn't a rebuilding team. That this is a team that needs to win games this year, and they should be evaluated and judged accordingly. You know, you said something interesting there about Carson that Lurie said that that sort of makes me think about Jalen Hurts. That you know Carson didn't make that leap. You know, he he made such a big leap from year one to year two, and then he didn't keep that up after that. And we, we we keep everybody keeps talking about Jalen Hurts like you know he's gonna he's only gonna hit this ceiling because that's the way he's wired. But like development is not linear. You don't know how these things are gonna work. Yep. Not only does he have another year, but like the league has now a, a, an off season to to prepare for how to play Jalen Hurts. We saw you know Todd Bowles shut him down basically and like like dare him to throw yep. in the playoff game, and he looked awful. Uh, which was one, you know, the first time he really played a competent uh, defense in that that second half of the season that had some time to to prepare for him. You know, there is every possibility that Jalen Hurts not only doesn't make a big leap next year, but he looks worse than he did last year. Like that's a that is a uh, like not that far fetched of an outcome. Yes, and that ties into the uh, polarizing first segment we had, which is your. You're as loyal as your options, right? It's, and so I, I, I think uh, that reality is 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 why there's even discussion. You know, they're they're committed to to the person and to this this development curve, but they simply don't know. And um, and the lack of of you know the the lack of like total conviction there is is why they would I I assume they did their due diligence. And uh, it's also why I I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback this year because I I don't know if there's anyone in the draft who is who like you'll pound the table saying this guy's gonna be better than Jalen Hurts right uh, so I I think they'll continue to go with Jalen Hurts and hope that he he continues making those strides and that if if it doesn't come to fruition they'll they'll uh, make a decision again next year. Uh, what did Jeffrey say about Julian Lurie? Yeah, so he said Julian Lurie is, uh, and, and Julian Lurie, of course, is the son of Jeffrey Lurie. I, I hope you've read 
our stories and listen to our podcast back during the Senior Bowl. But he was on the sideline during the Senior Bowl. He's he's made appearances in in different stories throughout the years. Um, you know, uh, Shield did a piece a few years ago on the commencement address that Jeffrey Lurie made, and there was a passage there about Julian Lurie. Julian Lurie is essentially being primed to take over the team, uh, and he he's learning the inner workings of the team. He he spent a period of time uh, working in the NFL's rotational program, which gave him kind of a glimpse of the business side of the league. He's, he's since developed more of an understanding of, or they're teaching him more uh, about the, uh, you know, the, you know, the inner workings of the organizational decisions. Jeffrey said that he, he has him, you know, you know, a looped in on those big decisions such as, as, as coaching searches. Uh, he said, if, if Julian Laurie would be interested in taking over the team, that's, that's, that's what he's being prepared to do. He mentioned Julian's a, a passionate Eagles fan, a passionate Philly sports fan who, uh, thinks about the game in a, in a, in a good way. And that, uh, the exposure that Julian's getting now will um, keep him from making some of the mistakes that that Jeffrey might have made earlier in his ownership tenure. So uh, that's that's probably the the most that Jeffrey has talked about Julian in that setting. And and uh, like we've written about, and, and like we said, you're going to hear more about Julian in the coming years uh, because he is he he does have a growing role within the organization. I think that's a fair characterization. And he said the team will, as soon as Julian wants it, basically, there will be some kind of formalized role uh, for him, which there there is not yet. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I think it seems like there's every expectation that uh, Julian will take over someday. And it was interesting. He said they hadn't really discussed it, that whether he wants it or not. But that's between the two of them. We'll get get involved there. Okay. Uh, all right, let's take our uh, second and final break, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about uh, what we heard from Nick Sirianni uh, about several several months ago um, at 7.45 this morning. All right, back on Burrows with Friends, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn on the show. Uh, before we get to Sirianni, last thing on uh, Jeffrey Lurie, Nick, I mean, uh, Zach, your, your more handsome brother. Nick, Nick is more handsome than I Oh, come on. No one's Nick's more handsome than you. It's nice of you to say. But, yeah, no, Nick's a good-looking guy. Did I tell the uh, – uh, what are the cookie? The insomnia cookies story? Was that just at dinner or did I tell it on the podcast? He told it at dinner. Okay. He didn't tell it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking about you early on uh, Sunday morning when I was uh, taking uh, Jane for a walk. She wasn't feeling so good. It was like 7.30 in the morning. And uh, walked past a, walked past an apartment, and there were two bags of insomnia unopened insomnia cookies uh, delivered that apparently were never uh, never fetched by the occupant of that apartment. So they must have been just like you, uh, studying late at night, <laughs> studying late at night, coming off writing a, a gamer, uh, mm-hmm. plotting uh, Jim Beheim for uh, being such a good coach and such a good guy. And uh, they forgot about their, their their treats. Well, if 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 you uh, looked at, at at the history books or the Daily Orange archives, I I wasn't there during a particularly uh, incredible time in Syracuse basketball history. They, a matter of fact, they, in my four years there, they did not win an NCAA tournament game. Mm. So, were you as hard on him as Anthony D? 
<laughs> um, probably not. To be honest with you, I I was okay. probably more new. Uh, well, no, I I don't want to say. Well, you're gonna nuanced. say you were more no, no, nuanced. No, 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 no. Anthony no. D. Couching a stray. No, 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 no. Nuanced coverage. No, I thought Anthony's coverage was actually very nuanced. Actually, wow. I, I I was I was probably uh um. A, a, a little too soft Guy's back then. Guys performing surgery with a hammer. He's so unnuanced. No, no I, was, I was probably a little too soft back then. Um, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, there were lessons that you know, there were things I, I could, I could probably write again. Um, but you, you live and you learn, right? Okay. Um, yes. What did you make of Jeffrey Lurie's endorsement of Howie Roseman? thought it was par for the course i think um some of what he said has has truth to it some of what he said is kind of selective reasoning we should say what he said he 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 noted how how much goes into that role and people focus on the outcomes of picks and that it it, it goes beyond the outcome of picks which uh i agree to that to an extent like like that is that is an all-encompassing role, and I think there is an antiquated. It's true. You should be judging yeah, the process, not just the outcome yes. of the picks. Yeah, there's there's an there's an antiquated view. I I think from, I would even say some fans. I can't speak for you know I can't speak for fans overall, but I, I based on conversations I, I've 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 had that like Anthony the, like Anthony DeBundo types who don't no 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 nuance. Anthony's great no 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 Anthony's great no there's there's um yeah there's this cool thought that like. The GM needs to be like grinding film all day long, and 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 that's the only way to come up with answers. No, you're you're mad. You're managing. You're a you're a, g- a general manager, and uh, and the outcome does matter. Uh, but but I where I uh, I would really kind of push back though is all the things you do, all those different departments you oversee. Uh, it's all for the purpose of pick uh, of uh, of making the right picks and winning games right so um i kind of disagree with the idea that like you you don't just look at the pick they made you you look at what they were thinking uh you know with the players who were on the board before you yeah it's it's very easy to say like i would have taken that 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 guy two or three picks before right Russell um yeah so you have to be judged based on the decisions that 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 that, that you make. So, uh, well, I would but, also go back to the reporting that we did, which mm-hmm. which like the sto- that story was not about missed picks. You know, yes. the story is about the general managering mm-hmm. of uh, having cohesive departments working together. That was what was not working. Yeah. Everything was too siloed. There was not enough communication between departments. Nobody understood how decisions were being made. Now, Jeffrey Lurie is the one who understands how decisions are yeah. being made theoretically. He is, the, he is the one who has the most information. So we, like, we do have to say that. And he, I'm sure that he is uh, trying to evaluate that stuff. But like that, that, is, that is where there were failings um, yeah. in the general sense. Not, not like I... There are bad picks. I I think we I think as you said we get too wrapped up in the bad picks. Yeah, uh, it's the it was the process that was yeah uh, fundamental. But I, I yeah I mean I but I think Howie has has you know qualities that that uh, that you you need in the in that role. I think he's he's smart. He's creative. Um, 
and, and clearly he's he's valued by Jeffrey Lurie. What I, I will say to to fans who were kind of up in arms uh, uh, about the extension. What's Murray's laughing at? Zach's uh, na- nasal issues. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hope Zach. that does that sound really bad on the. I'm I'm sorry. This it's good but, because people have the context that it's because of the room. It's, yeah. So uh, but over the course of this episode, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what I can tell you, and, and I I think Bo can attest for me. I was outside today, or I was out of this hotel for eleven hours today, and you wouldn't have known that yeah, there were any. Fun. Yeah, like did not have a scratchy throat. And, like but, tune into the Lurie press conference. Listen to Zach's yeah. question. You won't hear any nasal issues. Within five minutes of getting into this hotel room, I mean, I look, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not the handiest person in the world. Uh, people who listen to this podcast have probably heard me acknowledge that over the past few years, but uh, I, I know you're supposed to change your air filters, right? And I don't know when the last time this air filter was was changed um, because I don't know what I'm breathing in right now. Um, in, in any event. Uh, oh, I was talking about how. Uh, I, I, yeah. So 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 what I will tell fans is that the person whose evaluation of Howie Roseman matters most is Jeffrey Lurie's, and the reason I didn't think the contract extension was a, a huge deal. I, I thought it was a, a a big deal in that he was extended, but I figured it was a formality. They weren't going to have Howie Roseman operate with a contract expiring after the draft, right? Like that 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 would be. Yeah, why would he oversee this crucial offseason and uh, and then be a lame duck, right? So I I figured it was just a, a matter of time, and but but the opinion that matters most when it comes to Howie is Jeffrey Lurie, and Jeffrey Lurie is is um is very confident in Howie Roseman's abilities. Well, this is the thing, right? Like ultimately, it is Jeffrey Lurie's opinion that matters. It's the only opinion that matters. Yes. Like, as much as uh, fans might want to, you know, give pressure, as much as we might write things, you know, he is one of the fortunate few. He gets to make all the decisions. And so, like, to some degree, he is entitled to his own facts. Like, if he wants to act like... Uh, he being Jeffrey, the, by the way. Yes. Yeah, not like, not how. Yes. Like, okay. that, that he, the only times he's ever overstepped were for... Lane Johnson, Russell Wilson, and uh, Jordan Mailata, he can think that way. Like, if he wants, if he thinks that Howie Roseman is doing a great job, he's running the team how he wants it to be run, it's his decision to make. Like, and, you know, if he wants to throw it to throw fans a bone uh, on Kelly Green, that's his decision. Like, uh, it, it's not a public trust. Uh, like, yes. he, he is an oligarch here. And whatever he wants goes, and like we can we can do our best to call him on things, but like it's his show, and everybody else, and and it's not ending anytime soon. You're right, and then and that's, I mean, I mean that's 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 the reality. It's you know it's it's uh it's not a publicly traded company, right? <laughs> I mean it's it's owned, and um and he's the, he's the chairman and the CEO and. The fans, of course, are are the customers, but I'll be honest with you, business is booming. <laughs> and uh, Jeffrey Lurie acknowledged that, by the way, at the beginning of the press conference, right, where uh, about the professional football business. And so um, I'm, I'm trying to look at, at the beginning of a 
transcripts that, that we 48 of the top 50 uh tv ratings were football and like 91 of the top 100 or something like that yeah and um yeah so you, i mean you you see uh i mean the salary caps going up you see the tv deals you see the broadcaster contracts you just see like the sheer volume of people here in south florida covering this volume um, of teams uh f- fighting over themselves to sign a uh Credibly I mean, uh, accused serial abuser. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say business is booming. Like people aren't turning it off right now. So, and I pre- look as 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 someone who is part of this industrial complex, right? Like I I I, I make my living covering the NFL. Uh, I appreciate that as well. That people aren't aren't turning it off, right? I, I mean, we are. However long know, we, into you don't want to wait, it, you don't want to wait into Mister Editor territory here, where you're just a cheerleader. I think I think you're better than that. I'm 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 not, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm I don't want to be complicit within the uh, this. But my point is, is that we are in minute what of this podcast, and you're still tuning in. It's 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 because you haven't. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it's because you have an interest in what's going on. I think it's probably I, I mostly mean, because you appreciate Marissa's producing skills. Yeah, we wrote you know nearly four thousand words on on a Howie Roseman press conference yesterday f- afternoon. I mean, I I see the numbers of people who so who who read it and who subscribe to it. Right, like I'm grateful for every one of those readers. Um, and so uh, I I I recognize that if I was if I was writing about badminton right now, it would not get you know. People aren't uh, people are are maybe, reading it because maybe they're interested. Good men. Is that my accent? It is or is is that a no? Joke? No, I'm saying maybe. maybe no, they I, need, I said maybe badminton. They a, but maybe they I, need a rebrand instead of maybe they gotcha, need to get better ratings. It shouldn't be badminton. It should be goodminton. Gotcha. All right. Well, this was a a tangent we didn't need to go on. But my point is is business is booming. So. Uh, the Eagles fans are the customers. What are you working for, an Antonio Brown now? <laughs> Man, I've been stealing his lines. You know, I I have this another uh, another paragon of virtue. I have this sleep tracker that that I look at every morning. And, yeah, we're hurting here. Uh, yeah, I had three hours and fifty four minutes last night. We've been working for uh, you know. Going on the 13 hours today, we, we did take a lunch break, so I can't say we were working the whole time. So it's uh, 12 hours. And we still have writing to do after this. So, Marissa, um, if there's anything that needs to be edited out of this podcast, I, I, I trust you with, with my career. You know the rules, Zach. No <laughs> editing. That's right. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's quickly – we wrote about Nick Sirianni. We've already yes. written about it. If you want to hear what he said um, or uh, get into the, the nitty-gritty, you can read that on The Athletic. But let's uh, quickly uh, bounce back and forth whether there was anything worth discussing from from Nicky Pex. Nicky, <laughs> is that what people call him, Nicky Pex? I don't know. That's what I, he looked good in that T-shirt, in that uh, polo shirt. It was a good, <laughs> good look on him, I thought. <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. Um, yeah, I mean he's no, he's no Mike Tomlin, but. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so a f- a few takeaways here, right? He's certainly you know, better this, than Nathaniel Hackett, I would say. Uh, this idea of of um, you know how the offense is is, is going to look in twenty twenty two. There's 
they 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 need to pass the ball better. They need to improve their passing offense. Sirianni admitted as as much. You know the the uh, the context here, of course, is is Howie Roseman said yesterday that uh, that that they want to get um, you know more touches for Devonte or targets rather for Devonte Smith for Dallas Goddard, and in order to do so, you know this is us saying it, you need to pass the ball more, and uh, and so. They're going to have to pass the ball more, and that's obviously incumbent upon Jalen Hurts improving. Uh, something that I might be playing up too much. I, I, I could be way off here, but the 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 second cornerback opposite Darius Slay, I keep thinking that this is a, a spot they might prioritize in the draft, and they very well might. But it seems that they're intrigued by a uh, a stable of emerging second year cornerbacks. This is the Tay Gallon reference from earlier in the show. It's it's, it's Zach McPherson, Paying Tay it Gallon, Jacob's um, Gallon, yeah, Carrie Vincent Jr. And, and Mac McCain. And by the way, Zach McPherson got had a, he was alluded to today in the press conference. <laughs> he was. When, That's right. Uh, Lori was talking about. So they got a the, great three first picks. Uh, actually, four picks. Like yeah, they're, very, so, they're very excited about our first four picks. So yeah, that's, so excited that's about that's McPherson it. next year. Something to pay attention to. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I think that. Um, I don't have any issue with the way that they're approaching things. Uh, I think it's totally reasonable to hope, especially in this scheme where we saw like Steven Nelson did not have significant responsibilities, um, like just playing off in zone coverage a bunch, that they can they, they can afford at that position to wait, see how early training camp, see how the offseason plays out, see how early training camp plays out, and there will be veteran corners available. Um, I do think that it's still possible that they draft a corner in the first two rounds or so, but I view that not as uh, desperation to fill the second starting cornerback job. I view that as a long-term need to replace Darius Slay, who is 31 years old and, and cannot be counted on to be your ace corner um, for too much longer. That's something to think about, for sure. Um, Derek Barnett's football IQ, gassed up. What would you think about that? I mean, I I don't doubt that Derek Barnett has a lot of qualities that uh, Nick Sirianni appreciates, and maybe football IQ is uh, Sirianni included football IQ. I don't think situational awareness is one that I would put in there. So let's not include fo- uh, situational awareness with football IQ. But I I I believe Derek Barnett's like a, a tough player, a hard worker. Um, and we got some contract you know, details cares. today on Derek Barnett. Yeah, it's essentially a one-year deal. You know, they the team has some some flexibility next year. I guess if he plays well, to guarantee him money next year. But it's essentially about one year, five and a half million for this year. And if if he yeah. if he plays well, they could yeah go up to like eight and a half next year if they wanted to. Yeah. So probably maybe a little bit more than I might have expected for a rotational pass rusher. But Just I, a touch I, I more only because yeah. the numbers never came out. Like didn't it took yeah. a while for them to come out, so I thought it was going to be really low. But that yeah. is about like what you would have – it's about what Charles Harris made. It's about what you would expect. Yeah, so – If he had signed yeah. elsewhere on like the Friday of the first week of free agency, this is the deal that you would have thought might might happen. Yeah, so I yeah. I, I think it's reasonable. Um. Fletcher Cox, uh, Nick Sirianni, gassed him up for his run defense, which, uh, you know, you don't, it's not usually like Fletcher Cox, boy, can he stop the run? Boy, boy, is he Gilbert Brown uh, out yeah, there. Yeah, I would just say if they and guaranteed $14 million for his run-stopping ability, that's problematic. 
Exactly, because Nick Sirianni in the same press conference was talking about how Hassan Reddick, like he's not getting paid, like he's he is getting paid to get after the the, the quarterback, and he's making the exact same amount of money. So if he's getting paid to get after the quarterback, Fletcher Cox making fourteen million dollars, sure, well, better get after the quarterback. But exactly. that could have also been, you and, know, he, it's early and, in the morning. He's just trying to yeah. say some kind of superlative about the guy. And by the way, I, I don't think if, if we were to talk to Fletcher Cox right now, he would be like, you know, they pay me for my run for my run stopping ability, right? I mean, they pay Fletcher Cox. He's not paid Cox for run stopping. He's not paid to stop screens, to play screens. He's paid to get after the quarterback, and he's got three and a half sacks last year. So that's worth 14 mil. He's paid to be disruptive. He's paid to be disruptive, like sacks included, but to be a disruptive presence in the middle of the line. And that's rundowns and pass downs, but. Um, he's paid $14 million to, to, to be a game changing player in the middle of that defensive line. He's not paid to, to just stop the run. Yes. Anything but else? I, but I'll, I'll say to look, I'm not defending Nick and you're always accountable for your words. I'm accountable for what I say an hour and 20 minutes into, into this podcast, sometimes regrettably. Um, but, uh, Sirianni was on like. You know, he was he was late in the press conference. Yeah, I'm not going to hold him. I'm yeah. not going to hold him. He was that. probably tired. Um, one thing Sirianni does is like he can he can just keep going in, in an answer. Sometimes very difficult for him to wrap up an answer. <laughs> yeah. So so sometimes it's 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 like uh, I mean I I should I should pause. But it, it, it's not apples for apples here, but. You know, there's like that office episode where like Michael Scott says, like, sometimes you start a sentence and you don't know where it's going with it. Right. You know, sometimes like when Sirianni's answering a question, it's 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 not like he puts the period at the end. He he keeps going with it. And I think Nick would probably tell you the same thing. So I'm not. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that's so, totally fair. Yeah. So it, it might have been a case of like Nick just saying something. And, you know, mm. I, I remember back in this setting in 2016 when I asked. Doug Peterson, who was going to play left guard for him. And he's like, oh, you have Jason Kelsey, you have Jason Peters. He was just naming every <laughs> offensive lineman. So um, a few okay. years later, they might have considered Jason Peters for that spot, but certainly not in 2016. Well, you, Zach, you said you had about three hours and 45 minutes of sleep last night. What was uh, what was keeping you up last night? You know, we've, we've talked about sometimes you're replaying your interactions over the over yeah, the, over uh, the course of the day. What uh, after the after the party last night? Was there anything that was having you tossing and turning? I wouldn't say you know. I, I would say I was mostly an the, off the record event. But uh, yeah. I'm just curious if there's anything you'd like to, no, to I was, talk about. I was eager for the day. Sometimes you just want to make sure that you comported yourself in a way that you're proud of you know i i I mean, you've heard me say who you are some of the time is who you are all the time right so uh i i i uh i don't like it when uh you know if i you know say or do something that i wish i did better and then and frankly that it's it's like the eagles roster it's always a work in progress why is there anything you wanted to address no i just like you know as i uh as a Jimmy King fan, I, I don't know if there's <laughs> something that you wanted to get into, but maybe we'll save that for another day. Yeah, we'll tease that for for another time. We'll tease that for another time. Yeah, Marissa's okay. probably like, "What are you guys talking about?" So, All as right. I imagine, our our listeners are too, not just Marissa. Uh, is there anything else to talk about? Uh, Do you need to blow your nose or anything? I I need to work. I mean, I there's a I lot know. of work to this do is tonight. A tough, this is a tough scene. 
Um, I, I have, um, I'm leaving Please for the airport. Please feel bad for these privileged sports writers. I'm leaving for the airport tomorrow at, uh, you know, 5.30. So, uh, it's going to be, but I'm excited. I'm excited for, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what's ahead. I'll, I'll say that the owner's meetings every year is the transition, in my opinion, from like your, your focus on free agency to the focus on the draft. And, you know, there's, there's always bigger stories that we're working on, of course, but, uh, the, the next few weeks are draft heavy and it's not hyperbole to say that this is the the biggest like first round in my time covering the team you know there have been years where they've been drafting high and it's and it's important but having three first round picks is and three picks in the top 20 that's I don't believe how he's ever had multiple first round picks yeah so that's like a franchise changing this could be a franchise changing draft right so Better i think be. i said last year that it was it, it was uh, the most important draft because you know they were drafting the highest since well not my time they were drafting higher in 2013, but um, but I I I said I I think this it's not hyperbole to say this is the most important draft in recent memory, and uh, we will have comprehensive coverage for you and we've already been diving into this prospects there's more diving to do so I'm excited for what's ahead. So put on your speedos it's time to dive. I don't know. Sounded good. <laughs> Wasn't good, but how are you doing? I, 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 there's, there's way too much focus on me. Did anything You're keep you up Greg at night? Or did you sleep well? Or did you sleep well? No, I didn't sleep well or long, but that's okay. Nobody, nobody's crying, uh, crying tears on our behalf. Absolutely not. Nor should they. It's Nor the should life they. of kings. Yep. Well, I wouldn't say it's the life of kings. That's. That's a when reference we were to just, Megan. I know, yes. I know. Yes. Okay, but literally, it's just spending time with the the kings of the league. Like we are, you know, maybe the kings of our own domain. But uh, the, the, these domains do not compare to uh, those fighting over Deshaun Watson. So, uh, for Zach and Marissa and Shia, wherever he is, and Elijah. Uh, I'm not going to throw the other person into this one. Uh, so we'll just say thanks for listening. We will uh, probably not be back the rest of this week unless there is some kind of breaking news. We've been got, uh, we've still got a lot to get to uh, over the course of the rest of the offseason, as Zach alluded to. We're losing steam. This thing is a disaster. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. And as always, we love you.